Good morning, everyone. Let's stand together as worship the King. Amen. gathered here this morning, Father, to praise you. You're so good. Sing with us. When I'm in the roughest water, I won't go under, I won't drown. When I'm in over my head, I know that you won't let me down. When I'm broken, down to nothing I know that you are always up to something good I know that you are always up to something good You make the way whatever it takes There's nothing your love won't endure I know that you Something good. He is good, isn't he? We praise you, Lord. Sing with us. Looking through the deepest valley, you go before me, you are here. For I know you'll never leave me. Your love surrounds me, I won't fear. And when I'm broken, down to Sing it. I know that you are always up to something good. Amen. I know that you are always up to something good. Yes. You make a way, whatever it takes. There's nothing you love won't endure. I know that you are always up to something.
Amen. for it. 
Lord, we do. We worship you this morning. You're a good, good Father. We know that you're with us in all things. Lord, we just welcome you this morning as we worship you in truth and in spirit. Jesus, we just lift your name on high. Christ alone, 
You can be seated. Let's pray together. Lord, it is our privilege and our joy to be before you this morning, to be in your presence, gathered with friends and family and guests, to worship you and to celebrate Jesus on this snowy, wintry day here in the Texas Hill Country. Lord, we welcome the moisture. Lord, we need more of it. And uh, so thank you for that. I do ask you'd keep our folks safe on the roads and safe traveling, Lord. Father, right now we turn our attention to the kingdom that is above this kingdom, the kingdom that is above the line, that kingdom that is above the fray of this world. We set our minds on things above and not on the things on the earth. Lord, as we lean in this morning, we're grateful for your grace, for your mercy, and we're grateful that you draw us back to center line and to focus our hearts, our minds, our spirits that have been disrupted and disturbed. You give us the grace to repent, to return, and to refocus. And we bless you in it. We're thankful for that. We consecrate our heart, our worship, our physical bodies, everything that we are, our minds, our spirits. We consecrate them to you and for you. We love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Good morning, family. How you doing? Isn't it beautiful outside? This will be an Instagram, Insta moment all day today. Hopefully, we'll get, get a lot of it. Do be safe on your way home as you travel. For those of you watching online, I want to welcome you. To our church family this morning online, Bridge Church Online. My name is Jimmy Pruitt, by the way. I'm the lead pastor here. And thanks for joining us. Whether you're here in person, the brave, the few, the proud. I love it. And those of you that are watching online, thanks for joining us. And do participate. Stand up. Worship with us. All the, everything will be on the screen for you. Get your communion elements together for later. We'll participate in communion together. And, so, and then also, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, let us know you're watching by by writing, uh, making a comment. Let us know, hey, I'm watching from here, watching from there. We love to hear where you're watching from. And if you're home folk, chime in too so we know you're okay. So we just want to make sure you're good and let us know. So I always go back through all of those on Sunday afternoon and read through them. Always blessed and entertained and enjoy seeing how many people from other places are part of our extended family in a very real sense. So thanks for being with us. And by the way, if you're online and you have any prayer needs, you can see on the screen info at bridgefbg.com. That's our general email that comes in to me. And so we want to take your prayer request. So if there's anything that you have that you want us to pray with you about, if you'll send that in, we'll get that out to our prayer team. We'll pray for you. And for those of you that are here with us today, uh, our drill is a little bit different because we have cards here. They're prayer cards. They're at the Connect Center, which is right outside those doors. You can fill out a prayer card and put it in any of the black boxes you see around the building, uh, deposit boxes on the doors, and we'll get that to our prayer team. We want to pray with you, stand with you, and hold up your arms through this time that we live in. So again, thanks for being here with us today. Thank you for joining us. We're thrilled that you're here. If you are a first-time guest, we'd like to welcome our first-time guest with a hand clap. So let's welcome our first-time guest. Glad to have you. Glad you're here. You're brave today. I was driving in this morning coming off the hill, and I was like, Oh, Lord, it could be us four and no more today. <laughs> and that's okay, man. We're, we're two or more gathered, right? And so thanks again for being here today. Also, Wendy, Wendy has a bag she wants to show you. This is our gift bag. So if you are 
new and it's your first time get a visit, if you will, there's all kinds of goodies in there too. We just want to say thanks for being here and thanks for giving up your time to be with us. So it's just a little gift for you. If you'll go to the Connect Center on the way out, fill out a Connect card, and we'll give you that bag just to say thanks for being here. Also, we want to continue to pray. If you have your VIP cards, this is a time in our gathering where we pray for people that are very important. So what VIP stands for, a very important person, for very important people. And, you know, we know that everybody, God values everybody in their eyes, but there are people that are in your life that are important, that you care about, and that you want to see them spend eternity with you and with us together, see them come to know Christ. There's 14 blanks, seven on each side. You can grab one of these cards on the way out. It's at the Connect Center as well. Just pick one up on your way out. And we fill in the blanks. So, for example, on one side, we're praying for those that we know who don't know Jesus. They, they don't have a relationship with Christ. We want to see them born again and come to know Jesus. Then on the other side, it's uh, praying for reconnect. For whatever reason, life happens, right? And they've been disconnected in a sense and disconnected from God and disconnected from God's people and his bride, the church. And we want to see them reconnect and get their lives uh, in, a, in a good old place of alignment. So... We're praying for a lot of people here. So if you have your card, go ahead and get it out. Let's pray over these right quick. Father, in Jesus' name, it is our privilege to hold these people up to you because they're valuable to us, but we know they have even more value to you because you created them in your image. So we hold them up. We bless them. We place them under the canopy of your grace, your mercy, and your love. We ask you, Lord, to bring the prodigals home. And we ask you, Lord, for the lost, that they would be found. Father, even as we pray, we pray for the churches that are gathering this morning all over our community. We want to be a blessing to them. We bless them and speak life and encouragement over them. Father, may today, uh, it's going to be unusual for a lot of churches with the weather and everything, but bless them and encourage them that as they gather, however many, they will celebrate Jesus with all they are. So encourage them and bless them today. And Father, for our nation, we pray for our nation. Our nation is in such uh, turmoil and upheaval, even now, Lord. Father, first of all, I pray for us that we would stay focused on the right kingdom, on your kingdom, where our citizenship is. But Lord, while we're on this earth and trafficking on this earth, Father, your word says that we're to pray for peace in the city in which we live or the place in which we live. So we pray for shalom. We pray for peace, nothing missing, nothing broken. And Father, you're, you're the ultimate justice, so we, we bless all people and place them under the canopy of your justice. We love you, we bless you. Thank you for your goodness in the midst of what's happening today. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen, amen and amen. Thank you. Um, just to let you know, we, always, we have a safety team always on point. We're very blessed with our team. We have an amazing team. And they like for me to point out the exits so that we'll know where they are. So you've got two right there. There's a sign. You've got one outside that door. By the way, that's not a real human being standing there. That's a mannequin from our student ministry, so don't panic when you see that. I keep seeing it freaking me out a little bit. So and on the other side there, there's an exit, and there's one right behind the sound booth there. So we just want you to know and appreciate our safety team. As far as announcements, we're pretty thin today simply because we made a decision due to the COVID spike that 
our area, our region is experiencing that we would postpone, not cancel, we're going to postpone all of our adult classes that meet at the church until February, and we're going to pray into and believe that God can do something in the midst of this and God can move and see this COVID eradicated. Amen? So keep praying for that. And then also, um, we want to participate together in one of my favorite things, and that is communion. So uh, as we do so, Annette and I have made it our habit on Saturday nights to watch an episode of, of The Chosen. And so we just do that, maybe more, sometimes it depends. But last night we, we got in bed, not late, but a little bit later than normal, so we just watched one episode. We watched episode eight. If it sounds like I'm plugging for you to watch The Chosen, I am. You need to watch The Chosen. And if you need any information about it, come see me. I'll be glad to tell you all about it. But, but uh, So we watched the last episode, and episode eight in those eight episodes, they're filming for the next season right now, uh, is one of, I say it's my favorite, every one of them are my favorite. When, the one I'm watching is my favorite, and that's not, that was my favorite. And what I love about it, it's the story in the Bible where Jesus encounters the Samaritan woman at the well. And I just was so struck and so moved by the compassion that he extended. And then we had one of those streaming glitches. You ever get one of those where you're like, you're like in the big critical moment and then it just goes off and it says, stream cannot be found. That's what happened last night. Right in the middle where he was about to, you know, lower this, man, bring it home. And I was already getting ready to cry and everything. I was ready to go. And, uh, and it just cut off. And we just laughed and said, well, we know the story. So we know what happens. But I, I love the way that Jesus has shown to give out such kindness and such compassion. I'm thinking about the world we're in right now, and the idea of communion is that we come together and we celebrate our union. That's what communion means, common union. Communion. And we, come, we have common union with him. We do that when we come to the Lord's table. And if you don't have one of these or if you haven't received one, just put your hand up. We've got Don back here. He's got some. Just slip up your hand until he gets to you. He'll bring you a cup so that you can celebrate with us. But I was thinking about the compassion of Jesus and the kindness of Jesus displayed in all of the stories of the Gospels. But I also think about him with the night before he was betrayed when he was with his disciples. Same love, same kindness, same compassion. And as they were seated around a table, they didn't know what was happening. He knew what was coming. And he just, you can feel the love in the story. Where he knows that their life is about to be changed forever. And so he takes up a piece of bread. So I want to show you something. If you have these, if you're at home, do get the elements. Just celebrate with us with whatever you can find there. But you can peel the top layer first, the clear layer, and then gently clear uh, peel the gold layer next and then you kind of leave them like that take the bread out so he was with him he picks up a piece of bread it's unleavened it's matzo bread and it's like a cracker more than bread and he picks it up and he says this is my body broken for you and they have to be like where are you going with this because they didn't really have a point of reference we have context they didn't he says, this is my body broken for you. And then he took a cup of wine, a common cup, and held it up. And he said, this is my blood poured out for you. 
He said, it's going to be spilled out for the remission of many sins. The word remission means removal. For the removal of many sins. The eradication of many sins. And he holds them there. And he blesses them. But he makes a comment too. He says, whenever you're together like this, I want you to remember me like this. And that is to come to the table. So that's why we do this, if you're wondering. So, Lord Jesus, we're thankful for the body, your body, that you, were, you willingly laid down your life for us. And, Lord, you spilled your blood for us. You allowed this to happen for us, for our salvation, for our freedom, so that we could become exactly who you called us to become, who you birthed us in this world to be. And this morning, we pause and we remember and we're thankful. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can take the elements. Our guys are going to come by with a trash receptacle. Thank you guys for helping us out this morning. So hold on to that until they get to you. And now we want to dismiss our children to Bridge Kids, uh, our child. I'm not sure how many are here this morning. But as we do, we want to pray for the next generation and always be holding them up and stewarding well the blessing that they are for us. So can we pray for our children? Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for the next generation. We are so thankful that you allow us the privilege of stewarding their spiritual life and their well-being for a number of years in this culture. And Father, we speak life over the next generation, encouragement over them. And Father, we thank you for our teachers and our instructors who continue to pour grace and life and destiny into them. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Can we clap for our kids as they head to their class? Amen. So um, we're going to participate and continue in worship through generosity. And a number of years ago, a long time ago, when I was in high school, I worked for a farmer I did this during the, the planting season, and what I did, my job wasn't huge, but what I would do is I would sit in his pickup, we would go load the back of his, of his pickup with cotton seed, these 100-pound bags of cotton seed, and then he would be on his tractor, which had these massive planter boxes, about eight or ten of them in a row, and he would drive that tractor down, and he would plant seed for the coming harvest. And then my job was to watch. They had indicators on them. And when they got to a certain point, I knew he would be stopping. And I would have already set up bags, ripped the tops open, ready to go. And I would as fast, like a pit stop, as fast as I could, I would just fill one box after another until all of those were ready to go. And then he would take off again. And then I would just sort of follow him down the rows. It was a boring job. <laughs> but it was a job. And it was interesting in the sense that I got to see behind the scenes into a farmer's world, into a farmer's life. It was fascinating. Later when I became a follower of Christ and started growing and understanding more about the scripture and began to recognize so many farming and agricultural metaphors in the scripture, they're everywhere. And here's the one thing I, I, I understood. In Genesis, it, it talks about these things that are going to remain that God set in order as laws, and it was seed time and harvest. Now, I like to break up that word seed time to seed, and then what would it be? Help me. Time and harvest. That makes a lot more sense to me because a lot of times when we're planting and 
sowing and praying and giving and all those things, and we're expecting something to move, expecting God, a lot of times the thing that happens is time. And sometimes we get stuck in the in-between world, between seed and harvest. But here's what I learned. Wouldn't it been, have been strange if Mr. Carpenter never filled up those planter boxes and thought, you know what, I'm tired of playing, paying Jimmy nothing, <laughs> pretty much. I'm tired of paying this kid to do this. I'm tired of him you know, being in my pickup all day. I'm just tired of messing with seed. I'm just going to do my, my job. And, and, but he never planted seed. But he was still out there in the field running his tractor all day long during the planting season. We would think that is ludicrous and ridiculous, and it is really to think about it. It's silly. Surely someone would never operate their lives without sowing seed, right? I mean, but how many of us as followers of Christ go about our business every day and we never practice the joy and the discipline of generosity? We never sow. We never plant. We never put anything into the spiritual ground, so to speak. And then we wonder why nothing's working. And we wonder why we're not getting a harvest. Well, Mr. Carpenter was a good farmer. He did very well. And he was very diligent in what he did. And his fields always exploded. All cotton. Cotton fields and it turned into snow at a certain time of year. It looked like snow was all over the ground because he was a good farmer. So may we be good farmers, generous sowers, and we'll see a harvest. We'll realize what God's up to. Can we pray? Father, as we participate in giving, participate in sowing, participate in blessing, it is our privilege. Lord, we are... This is such a generous church. I'm so thankful for our church family. We truly are generous people. In a real sense, I'm preaching to the choir here. But Lord, thank you for reminders of the joy of giving, the joy of sowing. Father, we offer this to you. We give you this offering in Jesus' name. And we ask, Father, would you bless this offering? And even we speak a blessing over it in, in kind. And again, you're the one who actually provides the seed that we sow. You are our ultimate provider. We love you and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen. Let's stand together and worship. If you brought your offering prepared, you can go to any of the boxes there and deposit that. Thank you. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of
Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe out of the silence. The roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your very body began to breathe. Out of the silence, the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Jesus, yours is the thing. Somebody say amen. <laughs> amen. Please be seated, would you? We're going to go ahead and uh, turn the lights on for a sermon note-taking.
So as we get started in the message, if you want to go ahead, you can turn to the book of Romans chapter 12. We're going to be in that book. Now, last week I started out and I took several of the my one words that have been shared and we unpacked some of those. I was going to continue that, but in light of this week and some of the weirdness that's happening in our world, I felt really impressed to go a different direction. We may pick that other part up, but I was praying and asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want said? What do you want done? What do you want your people to hear? Those that identify as Bridge Church, what do you want them to hear? And I feel like he very clearly led me to a passage of scripture that we want to unpack, and that is in Romans chapter 12. Now, this last week, and y'all know me, I'm going to call it like it is, this last week was really strange in our world, particularly in the political world, political arena, as all kinds of craziness happened. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm at a point in my life where, or a point in this season where I kind of don't know who to believe. There is so much information, TMI, right? Too much information. I don't know if you've ever eaten at, at, a, at a cheesecake factory or not, but their menu is like 70 pages long, and I just go into lockdown. I'm a deer, literally, like on Highway 87, I'm a deer in the headlights when I, when I go to Cheesecake Factory. I'm just like... And then they change it up every once in a while, like, what? I thought on 40, page 41, I knew exactly what I wanted, and so I can't find anything. So it's just TMI, and a lot of times we're inundated with too much information. And when that happens, if you're anything like me, I just lock down. I'm like, whoa, I'm, I'm done. Stop. Stop the madness. Stop the presses. And so that's kind of where I have found myself this last week as just the last few weeks have rolled out. I mean, oh, and by the way, we're still in a global pandemic, right? And we're spiking here in our area right now with COVID. And so it's just like, wow, about the time you think you can't take something else, something else happens, right? Now, I don't say it in a negative way. I say it in this way. God knows what we can handle. Can I just, be, can I just get that out there? God knows what you can take. And while you think you can't take another thing, I think he knows you can. Because Christ in you, the hope of glory, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens. I mean, we can go down the, the list on that. But there is so much information out there right now. It's hard to know who and what. I mean, I deleted two platforms that I'm on just this week. There may be more coming. I'm going to stay on Facebook because I've been on it so long. And I have so many friends, so many family, so many past church members, not only here, but where we've served all 35 years that have we're still connected, and that's kind of a good meeting place. And so I do one thing. I do a daily devotional on there, and that's it. I jump on, jump off, and just stay out of the fray. Uh, the last thing I want to do is go reading the news feed on that thing. Oh, and they've added a feature now. Facebook is now collecting news for you to read. Isn't that wonderful of them? So, yeah, big tech is strikes again. So, anyway, I'm sure something weird will pop up in my feed since I said that out loud. So who knows, right? Big Brother is listening. Can I get an amen? But who, who, so what? Christ is king. Jesus is Lord. God is still on the throne. Jesus, unlike Elvis, has not left the building. I mean, he's still, he's still on the throne. He, there is a plan being walked out. There's something happening. So can we pray as we get started? And I'm going to lead you in a declaration because sometimes we need to clear the clutter. Annette and I have been on a clear the clutter uh, marathon this week. I've lost count of how many 50-gallon trash bags we have filled up with clothes 
and junk. And I got to tell you, I feel free today than I feel freer today I felt in a long time. And we're just decluttering and tidying and cleaning and minimalizing and less is more kind of thing. And it has been refreshing. In that sense, I was thinking about that spiritually as well. We get cluttered emotionally, spiritually, physically. And we need to declutter our own minds. So I'm going to invite you to do something. You maybe have never done anything like this before. But I'm going to invite you to, to roll with me in a declaration. Because here's what I have found. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. The message of Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news. So faith comes by hearing, but you can't hear unless you speak out loud, right? So the power of our words is very critical in our faith life. Making declarations. For example, uh, yesterday I went through all of these on our bookmark, which are free and they're out there at the Connect Center. Do pick one or ten up. We got plenty of them. And, and then this morning I got up and one of the first things I did is I went back through. And every one of them I declared out loud, this is who I am in Christ. This is how God sees me. This is how, who I am. Not who I'm becoming, but who I am in Christ now. And so I made these declarations. And I'm telling you, by the time I got to the coffee pot, shuffling in, I was like ready to preach because my spirit blew up on the inside of me because the word of God, the life of God. So I want to encourage you to, I'm going to lead us out loud. I don't know where this is going to go. I didn't know where it was going to go first service, but it certainly lifted the atmosphere. So do this with me. Say, in the name of Jesus, I declare, I have the mind of Christ. I am his child. He is my father. And he's a good father. According to God's word. Okay, now you are waning a little bit. You got to stay with this. Don't, don't start phasing out on me now, all right? Just stay together. You ready? According to God's word. I am the head and not the tail. I am above only and not beneath. I am blessed coming in. I am blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city. And I am blessed in the country. According to God's word, I live above the fray because I am a citizen of another kingdom. According to God's word, he will restore all things. And he will make all things new. And furthermore, I declare 2021 will be amazing because God has good things planned for me. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. See, doesn't that lift you? What are we doing? We're taking God's word and we're speaking. Speaking and declaring it, and what happens? Faith comes. So now pray with me. Father, Lord, this word today, I just release it to you. Holy Spirit, be the spirit of truth who teaches us, who leads us, who guides us into all truth. We open our hearts, our minds, our spirit. We say, Lord, speak to us. Speak to us in these troubled times. In Jesus' name, everyone said Amen and amen. I hope you watching online joined in that. I know it sounds funny with you and your four-year-old, but just do it anyway. Stay with us. It's all good. So what I want to talk about today, I'm just calling it the main thing because as I prayed and said, Lord, what do you want us to do? 
I felt like the Lord said, get them back focused on the main thing. Because what's happened is, with everything that's going on, we are horrifically distracted. I've talked to several pastor friends of mine just this week. I said, man, how are things going for you guys? How are y'all navigating all this craziness? And they're like, our people are distracted. They're weighed down by what's going on with the election. They're weighed down by what's going on with COVID. They're weighed down by what could potentially happen with our economy. They're just weighed down and they're distracted. That was the word I kept hearing, distracted. Or people are distracted. And every pastor I talked to this week said, I'm trying to just call people back to center line and back to focus on what is the main thing. And so I want to talk about what the main thing is. Now, I was a ministerial student at Howard Payne University in the 80s. What a decade, right? So that was the year, you know, the decade of bullets and, you know, stonewashed jeans. So, I mean, that, that was the world I was in. And I was a ministerial student studying for ministry. And when I went in, I was presented with these options like, so what do you, what you want to de de declare as your degree program? And they had like, I could get a Master of Arts in Religious Education. I kind of, was appealing. I could get a Master of Arts in theology, that was scary. Uh, you could get a Master of Arts in um, uh, youth ministry. There were several things that we could choose from, philosophy, I mean, all those, all in the realm of the, of the ministry department. And I, one of them caught my eye, and it was because of one word in the title. And it was the, the degree, the Master of Arts in Practical Theology. I went, oh, okay. So we have theology, which must not be practical. Then we have practical theology. That appeals to me. And so I said, I want that one. I want to I be a, get a Master of Arts in practical theology. And, and some three and a half years later, I was receiving that degree, walking over the line, and uh, with a degree in practical theology, thinking to myself, there wasn't anything practical about this. It's really, the school I went to, Howard Payne University, is a prep school, in a sense, theological prep school, for seminary. Because the Southern Baptist track is, is you go to a Baptist school, you graduate, and then you go to a seminary, typically Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, uh, right off of McCart, the Holy Hump, in Fort Worth. So that's, that's the, the thing you do. And so I was right on track, following, and so I went there. So... I have to say, my undergrad degree program was intense, and it was academic, but here's the problem. I was a brand new Christian when I went to school. I, didn't, I wasn't raised in church like a lot of folks, and so I was a new Christian studying theology and, and philosophy and Rudolf Bultmann, and I mean, it was crazy, the stuff we were diving into, and it was like, and here's the problem, though. I needed help knowing how to live. I needed help knowing how to navigate my world. I needed help knowing how to avoid the landmine, landmines of, of temptation and, and a world that even in the 80s was losing its mind. Hey, we had mullets. The world had gone crazy. I mean, so, so I needed help navigating the craziness of life and being a poor college student, I needed help understanding finances. And, and it was like practical theology had no practical application whatsoever. No knock on my school. I'm very thankful for my, for my education, very. 
but it didn't apply to me in life. And so I had to find that in other places. So as we came together this morning, as I was praying this week, I felt like the Lord said, bring it practical. They need something. And let me just say it this way. If you're anything like me, right now where you are in your spiritual life, you need some help. If you're like me. You may not be. You may be way beyond me, way more. But I found myself this week, again, wrestling with all the TMI, too much information, all of the, the, the stuff that's happening, conspiracy theories around the election, all that stuff had me all messed up. And it had a lot of my friends who, by the way, a lot of you are my friends, and I get stuff from a lot of people in this church via text, via private messenger, all that. I get a lot of stuff from y'all, and, and you too are, are struggling with this. This is real. And so I was like, Lord, show us. And he opened up to me Romans chapter 12. We won't cover the whole chapter. But I want to dive into some practicals that my, my call for you, and this has been my week, is to come back to center line in your faith. And to come back and go, wait a minute, what is really the main thing? What is really important here? Because I have lost my mind in the rhetoric of the world right now. Does this bear witness with you at all? So let's dive in and let's see what the Apostle Paul, the missionary Paul, led by under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, what he had to say to the church, the Christians in Rome, and also, it was a circular letter, so it was given to a lot of other churches, but it started with the church in Rome. So, Romans chapter 12. Now, leading up to chapter 12, there's amazing, lofty things going on. I mean, you've got Romans chapter 4, which is the quintessential chapter on faith. The faith of Abraham. One of my favorite chapters in the book of Romans is, is Romans 4. Romans 8 is another one. Romans 4 is all about the faith of Abraham. It has the passage where he didn't grow weary. I was reading that passage yesterday going, wait a minute, I think he did. It says he didn't grow weary while believing, but he did according to Genesis. And, and he, didn't to, he didn't waver in unbelief, but he did because he had a child with Hagar and birthed Ishmael, who to this day is causing problems in the world. So it's like, Wait a minute, he did, and the Lord, the Holy Spirit, as I was wrestling with all that, whispered to me and said, Jimmy, he was a man like you. He said, his humanness did not derail his destiny because I love him and I have a plan. He's, Jimmy, I have a plan for you and I love you, and your humanness is not going to derail your destiny if you'll continue to come back. So, I, so that's, that's Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 8 starts off with, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ Jesus today, there is no condemnation for you. Even though the enemy will stand and accuse you all day long and all night long, according to God's word, there is no condemnation. And you can chuck that stuff off and break those agreements and say, no, no, I refuse. So that's Romans leading up to, oh my gosh, Romans 6, Romans 7, the big struggle. The things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing, wretched man that I am. This is all the heartbeat of the book of Romans. And he says, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. I mean, he, he ends that. Now, we culminate up into the last chapters of Romans 
verse 12, and we're very familiar with Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, offering yourself as a living sacrifice. All those great passages, we're not going to start there. We're going to start a little bit later in the chapter because there's so many. Paul moves into a very practical place. So you could call this practical theology, unlike what I had at Howard Payne University. This is practical. This is where we live. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Listen to where he starts. Love must be sincere. Now, my word for 2021 is love. So I've got a filter for love. My love filter is, is wide open right now. Have you ever wanted, thought about buying a particular car? Like a white Pathfinder. I just totally made that up. So a white Nissan Pathfinder. You're thinking about it. You're reading a little bit. You're checking the reviews. Are these good cars? Do they last? You're just looking, you just Google them and whatnot. And, and checking prices online. And then suddenly, everywhere you go, what do you see? White Pathfinders. Am I right? All of a sudden, they're everywhere. Well, I don't know if I want one of those or not. They're everywhere. They're common. Well, they were already there. Your filter, your grid just wasn't locked into that. Your radar wasn't dialed in. So for me, with love, my radar is really dialed in, and I'm seeing it everywhere. It's almost overwhelming. Love must be sincere. The word sincere means genuine. Or the big word now in, in, the, in the social media world is authentic. We just want to be authentic. Show up and throw up. Show up and bleed out. We just want to be real. Just we want to be. Love must be that. Real. Raw. Genuine. Sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Interesting thing about the word hate. Hate isn't an action. Hate is an emotion. Hate is a feeling. But cling is an action. So we're to hate what is evil? That means you're not doing anything. It's an emotion. You feel towards something that is evil. You hate what is evil. Abhor is another word. You abhor it. But we cling to what is good. So while we hate what is evil from a distance, we cling, we grab hold of, we grasp what is good. I have to tell you something. A lot of folks turn the corner on 20 2021, 20, depressed, sad, hopeless, instead of hopeful. Hopeless means less hope. Hopeful means full of hope. And many have turned the corner hopeless. They have less hope than they've ever had. We've got to shake that off, family. Amen? Is God good? We say around here, God is good. Help me. And all the time... So if God's good all the time and all the time God's good, I don't want it to be just some cute, cute, clever thing we say just to get a smile out of everybody. It needs to be something that becomes a core value of who we are. God is good, period. No matter what is going on. We're counting it all joy. No matter what is going on. Amen? Amen. Cling to what is good. Why? Because good is here. And good is here to stay. You have to hear that, family. God is good all the time, right here, right now. When the Israelites were in the Babylonian captivity, 586 B.C., they were in Babylon. They were taken away from their homeland and brought into captivity, a place they didn't even recognize, away from everything that was familiar. I've actually been thinking about that lately a lot. 
And I've been thinking about what if. Remember the movie Red Dawn? I'm not talking about the new one. I'm talking about the older classic Red Dawn movie with Patrick Swayze. I used to call him Patrick Sleazy back in the day. But Patrick Swayze, rest his soul, you know, rest in peace. But, but I remember that movie thinking, that would never happen in America. And as I'm getting older, I'm starting to wonder, this world is not looking the same as it did when I grew up. I'm just saying. A lot of things I considered secure and safe aren't anymore. And the world scene is changing. Amen? I don't say that to frighten anybody. I say it to say this. God is good no matter what. And when the children of Israel had lost everything that was familiar to them, you know what the, God's counsel to them was through the prophet Jeremiah? It was to plant vineyards, plant gardens, build houses where you are. Birth children. Give your children in marriage. In other words, he was saying, where you are, find life. Where you are, make a life. And I have to believe that no matter what happens in this world, God will make a way that we will find a life, make a life, and build a life. So why should we be afraid? We're here on a green card anyway, basically, family. This is a short tour in our time on this planet because we are citizens of another kingdom. Can I get an amen? What is that? It's perspective. Perspective. Look at this, verse 10. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. That's family love. Be devoted to one another. That's why I'm so amazed that you guys showed up today. I'm driving in off the hill going, it will be us four and no more. Well, really, it's more like us 40 and no Morty, but, but you know, it's, that's better than us four. But I was like, man, and here's, I'm not going to lie. I'm, man, total transparency here. I was like, if I was a church member and didn't have any responsibilities today, I would be at home in my PJs watching online. I'm just saying. So God bless you. Yeah, I would too. But I will say this, for you guys to be here and give us the opportunity to have engagement in face-to-face conversation, you're amazing, really. I applaud you guys. You are amazing. Thank you for being here today. Why? Because it's important. It's important. It says we're to honor one another above ourselves. Honor. You know what honor is? Honor is when you walk into a room and you go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it's you, Larry. Oh, my gosh. I get to hang out with Larry today. Oh, my God, I get to see Larry today. Whoa. Wow, you're amazing. You know what that is? That's honor. That's honor. It's a sense that I get to be with you. I get to talk with you. I get to be in your presence. Steve Mason wrote a wonderful book. I read it two or three years ago. In fact, Don just finished it. It's called Practicing the Presence of People. Many of you may be familiar with Brother Lawrence's little booklet, The Practice of the Presence of God or Practicing His Presence. That's awesome, yeah, but take that same principle of having the same love for one another. You know, we love God, we love people. And Steve Mason's book is all about that, that when you come into the presence of people, instead of a got to, it's a get to. It's it's not a, I must do this, I have to do this, I get to do this. This is a privilege. So driving in this morning, wondering who's going to show up, knowing the weather's supposed to get wanky today, I just, in my mind, was going, whoever shows up, I get the privilege of being in their presence. And I'm, I'm thankful that I get to be in your presence today. Honor one another above yourselves. 
when you honor, you're positioning yourself, not beating yourself down or pushing yourself down. You're just lifting others up. Verse 11, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Interesting that it says keep your spiritual fervor. Why does it say that? Because it can be lost. It can be diminished. You know, a plant, I do not have a green thumb, not at all. So we used to have plants around the house, and I don't even know what they're called. But the ones you hang out outside and... And they're beautiful, they're red, or they're pink, or they're white, or they can be purple. I don't even know what those are called. See, that's how non-that I am. So, but I was diligent one summer in that we, we hung up a bunch of those. I was watering them diligently. I even bought some feed stuff to put in them, and man, they just blew up. They were amazing. They were gorgeous. But then we left for a week vacation, and I never thought about them again. And, of course, it's Abilene, Texas, so it's like 104 degrees in the summer. So when we got home, guess what? Man, they were gone. They were done. They were dead. I think I rescued a couple of them, but they did not do well. Why? Because they were not kept up. He says this, you have to tend. You have to keep your spiritual fervor. Why? They didn't get water, and they didn't get food. You know, it's the same principle for us spiritually. I know this, if I am not constantly ingesting the scriptures, if I'm not constantly participating in worship, you know what I'll look like at the end of seven days? I'll look like one of those plants that I destroyed, that I starved and dehydrated. I'll wither up spiritually. I may look the same on the outside, but I won't be the same on the inside. And if you're perceptive, you'll know the difference. Keeping, maintaining your spiritual fervor, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Now, here's where I want to land. Verse 12, and we won't go further after this. Verse 12, it says to be something. It doesn't say do, it says be. And it's important that we understand there's a difference between doing and being. We're big on doing. Anybody have a task list, a to-do list? You know what I call my to-do list? I call it a get-to-do list. I do that for my own mentality. Now, you have to understand, I'm not a list guy, but I've become a list guy because I need one to function. Because if I don't have a list, nothing's going to happen. I'll be busy and have a lot of activity, but nothing will happen that needed to happen. So I'm a list guy. Now, Annette discovered something on our iPhones, and it is that you can share a list with somebody. That means she can populate my list at will. And there are many times when I'm at the grocery store going through my list, and it doesn't get any shorter. I click things, it goes to the bottom, and then it populates with something else. I'm like, what is going on? She's at home remembering things that she didn't put on the list, so she's populating my list while I'm at the store in real time. I'm not a huge fan of that thing, but I'm just saying, baby, I know you're watching, so I love you. You're awesome. So that thing... These lists help me get things done. They help me stay ordered. But they are to-do lists. What does it mean to be as opposed to do? Well, I think about the fruit of the Spirit. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Galatians chapter 5. Let's just go with the first three out of nine. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, 
So here's the deal. We don't do love, we don't do joy, we don't do peace. We actually have to become those things. Here's the deal. Let me just look at the scripture. Let me just share it with you. Be joyful in hope. Be joyful. You don't do joy. You become joyful. You be that. Be patient in affliction. You don't do patience. You are patient. See what I'm saying? And be faithful in prayer. You don't do faithful. You are faithful. It's who you are. It's your identity. Joyful, patient, and faithful. I wrote a Devo this morning. I do one every morning on Facebook. It can go out at 6 a.m. or 10 a.m. It just depends on how that morning's going and what I've got going on. But I do it every day. I've done it for years. And it's on my Facebook and it's on our church Facebook page every day. So here's the one from this morning based on this scripture. Uniquely gifted and equipped. I want to say something. Every one of you are this. You are uniquely gifted and equipped. We may look a lot. Of, we have some similarities. We may do some things that look a lot, but we're not. We are uniquely gifted and equipped. Listen to this. God has uniquely gifted and equipped each of us to be as much as to do. However, we're easily distracted by the doing and tend to miss the simplicity of being. You gotta hear this. We can be so much into the task that we miss being in the moment and being present and simply being in it. And we miss life. Wake up and 20 years has gone by. 50 years has gone by. And we've been so busy doing, we missed what it meant to be present, be in the moment. Be joyful in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be faithful in prayer. In other words, be first, and it will lead to doing as needed. Rest in the truth and grace of who you are and whose you are. When you know who you become, you'll know what to do. I'll say it again this way. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. This comes back to an issue of identity. And when we talk about keeping the main thing, the main thing, the main thing is this, Jesus is Lord. Second to that, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. But you're not going to love your neighbor until you love yourself. And I'm not talking about some weird new agey stuff here. I'm talking about biblical foundations of understanding you're valuable and you matter and you're worthy because he makes you that way. And because you're in Christ, you're a whole lot of amazing things, every one of you, because you're in him. Be joyful, be patient, be faithful. I'm going to have the worship team come on up. We're going to go out with worship. If I can get the be part, the doing will emanate out of that. If I can understand that I am his son and I want to be his son, not just do son stuff, but actually become that. Love, my word for the year. I don't know what your word is. Last year, my, my word was joy, and I've got this chew. Today, I choose joy, and then I took the love sign that just came in, and I put it right up under it. So now, I choose joy. I choose love. But it's not about doing loving things. It's about becoming love. So I want to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit 
to secure and seal what you needed to learn today and what you needed to hear today. So let's ask him what he's teaching us as individuals. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the truth and the life of your word and the hope that it brings and the life that it brings. I pray for my friends, my family, our guests here today, those online, and we are thankful for each one because they're amazing in your sight. And so, Father, Holy Spirit, what did you want us to learn today? What did you want us to get today? What is the takeaway? What is the one thing? Would you highlight that for each individual right now? Now, right where you're sitting and you at home watching, I'm going to invite you to do something. Under your breath, you can say it out loud if you want. Just say, Holy Spirit, what did you want me to get today? What are you showing me? Would you ask him in your own way? Just ask him to show you something and to give you a takeaway for today. listening for your voice. We thank you for it. Pray for my friends, Lord. Our family here. Pray for our family online. We don't want to just be doers. We, we want to become that which you've called us to be. And we're grateful. We want to keep the main thing the main thing. In this world that's lost its mind, may we be the the level-headed one in the room every time. We love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, let's stand together and let's go out with worship.
Just stay in his love. Amen. God bless you as you go. Let's stay in his love.